Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's been a, uh, a trade that's been agreed to in principle between us and the Cavs. That uh, would send Karis Levert to the Cavs. And uh, <clears throat> other detailed aspects of it I can't get into. Uh, but I do want to say that uh, Karis has been a tremendous young man to work with here, you know, over the past several months for me. Um, he's a very special person. Obviously, he's a very special player. Um, that was in evidence uh, in the Chicago game where he goes for 42 and a bunch of assists and uh, just played a tremendous overall game. Um, before the deal was consummated, um, I had Karis uh, in my office here in the arena and um, Chad Buchanan, our general manager, uh, was on speaker with, with me in the room, with Karis in the room, and before uh, Cleveland had <clears throat> agreed to the final terms of the deal, um, you know, we talked to him about the fact that this thing was at the one-yard line and that it was likely going to happen. We have a very unique situation with our franchise. Um, an agreement between our front office and our players that if a deal like this gets close, that they will talk to the player and let him know so he doesn't see it on social media or something like that. And uh, so Chad and I had that conversation with Karis really about 17 or 18 minutes ago. Um, and he was appreciative. Um, he's first class human being, first-class professional, um, a tremendous player, and a guy that, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss working with every day. What's going on, Pacer Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. I'm your host, Alex Golden, and joining me today, as he does every single episode that he can, the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? Wow, Alex, I didn't think it was going to be today. I was hopeful, but man, <laughs> we finally had some news. You want to tell the people what uh, what we got today in a Woj Bowl? <laughs> yes, I mean... I don't think anybody expected it during the Pro Bowl, right? <laughs> you know, we're about to play the Cavaliers and boom, Adrian Wojnarowski puts out a tweet and just says, the Cavaliers are acquiring Karis LeVert with no other details. So we're just like, okay, what are we getting back? The anticipation was real. Woj comes out with a, uh, another tweet and he basically, the way he worded it, made it sound like we were getting two first round picks and two second round picks. And I'm thinking to myself, did we really just get four picks? For Karis Levert, and then he obviously went back and corrected it, and then Shams tweeted out about the same time he corrected it. So what the original deal is, or the official deal is, I should say, Karis Levert and a 2022 Miami Heat second round pick to Cleveland for Ricky Rubio's expiring contract, the Cavs lottery protected first round pick in 2022, they also get the Houston Rockets 2022 second round pick, and they also acquired the 2027 second round pick from the Utah Jazz. So that's way down the line, but it's always good to have assets for later because you can always flip second round picks for stuff. So Fachi, um, what was your initial reaction when you saw what we got back in return? Well, first, obviously I was scared half to death when it just said Karis LeVert to Cleveland because I'm like thinking for what, for what, you know? So that first text had me like at the edge of my seat. Uh, second of all, obviously I was in the camp that I was hoping to get an Isaac Okoro maybe a Colin Sexton back. It sounded like the Pacers were pushing for either. I know they specifically mentioned Colin Sexton, but in the end, those players were not included. I, I mean, I've been looking forward to a move for, for 
you know, about two months now. And I felt like Levert was most likely to be moved. So we talked about it a ton of times. Levert to Cleveland, it seemed like all but a done deal for weeks now. We finally saw what the framework ended up being. And Alex, to tell you the truth, it's not a home run deal, but I'm happy with it. And, and I'll tell you why. The Pacers get a first-round pick, probably going to be around 20. You know, you could see it maybe 20th, 21st, somewhere in that range. But that Houston pick, that's not just any second-round pick. That pick is probably going to be, like, 33rd overall, you know, anywhere in that, like, 32 to 35 range. So you're talking about the Pacers having three picks inside the top 35. They save $19 million. And now they're actually going to be one of the few teams with significant cap room uh, going into free agency. And I know, look, we're never really big-time players in free agency, but it's nice to know that we actually have some spending room and draft picks that maybe we could package a few of these picks and either A, move up in the draft, or B, take on another contract that maybe a team you know needs to, to get rid of and maybe accumulate another asset or get a good player that way. Yeah, so I will be honest with you. I never get to really enjoy Woj bombs like everybody else because I'm always in the middle of doing something. And then by the time I look like two minutes later, I've got like 10 messages from people about it. And I'm just like, man, y'all, you don't think I have my Woj notifications on? Like, come on, people. (laughs) You know, I am paying attention to this just as much as you are. But I do appreciate that people want to talk with me about it. And I try not to be rude because, look, I don't want to say too much in my text messages to people because or my messages on Twitter because I want to talk about it on the podcast and not spoil that. So I didn't say too too much, but when I first saw this trade, I was like, "You're like, okay, what are we getting back?" And so then I saw the the, the one tweet I said was kind of confusing, where it looked like we were getting two firsts and two seconds. I was amped up about that. I was like, two first round picks and two seconds. I was like, that's great. And then I'm like, okay, back to reality. We're getting one pick and two second round picks. And then I saw we were giving up a second. So to me, it's like basically the heat. 2022 20, second round pick and the the Jazz 2027 second round pick kind of washed each other. Now you just got to look at this as Karis LeVert for Ricky Rubio, their lottery protected pick, and that Houston 2022 second round pick. And so if we look back at last year with the Pacers acquiring a top second round draft pick, they had, I think Milwaukee owned somebody else as like the 31st pick, right? Yep. We were able to attach that with Aaron Holiday and move up to 23. or 22, I believe it was, to get Isaiah Jackson. So I think the Pacers in their mind really think this Houston Rockets pick can be turned into a first-round pick because all you got to do is add a little cash to that and you can probably get into that late first round. And and that, to me, is huge because when you have two extra first-round picks in this draft, those assets can be moved however you want to move them, right? Because in my opinion, I cannot see the Pacers taking three players next year. I can't. In the draft, to put with this core, look, Karis LeVert is a good player that did not fit here. We've talked about it for months, right, ever since this stuff came out in December. So I was not surprised that Karis LeVert went went, went and moved on. Was I a little bit disappointed we didn't even get back Colin Sexton or even potentially Isaac Okoro? Yes. But at the same time, you have to realize this. If you get back Sexton, then you're anticipating that you sign him to a long-term extension. Pacers probably were hesitant on that, knowing the injury that Sexton has and not wanting to get an injured player. As a good Coro, Michael Scotto came on our podcast and said it. The Cavs weren't giving him up. So I don't really think when it comes down to it, they were really willing to give him up for Karis LeVert. So now you look at it this way. Even if you were going to get a Coro, you were going to have to give back Justin Holiday. Look, I don't know if the Pacers – value Justin as much, you know, as we think they do, but clearly they might've just said, we don't want to give up Justin holiday in this trade. So with that being said, you basically don't take anybody back. So you don't have to worry about any other contracts coming back. You just get this expiring deal. Like you said, it's going to give them quite a bit of money and free agency for next year. They could use these picks to then trade other players come draft day for more cap space. I mean, there's a lot of different things they can do here. I think right now, looking at this trade, just getting off Levert for basically what I would consider two first-round picks is kind of how I look at it with that Rockets second-rounder. This, to me, is a B-plus. I think I think I would have preferred to get a young talent back, but it also does not create a logjam at a certain position. It allows, like you said on Twitter, Duarte, basically give him the reins now for the rest of the season, 
and it makes the team worse for the rest of the season, which will secure a higher draft pick. Absolutely. There's so many like, you know, chain effects uh, of this trade over here. Hey, you're opening up playing time for the young guys. Duarte can now be an every night starter and you can truly let him reach his potential. Then you could also open up playing time for guys like Dwayne Washington Jr. or Kiefer Sykes or just other young, talented players that it was going to be hard for them to get consistent minutes. Now you're also talking about, Alex, what if there is a scenario where the Pacers are picking, say, top five, or I mean, they're picking fifth overall, sixth overall, and they're able to do something like trade the sixth, sixth overall pick, maybe the 20th overall pick, take on you know a not-so-popular contract and move up two yeah. spots in the draft. I mean, that's, that's a possibility now. So I, I really like the options that this created. And this, I think, above all, uh, signified to the fan base that the Pacers are actually going to take a look at rebuilding over here. About two weeks ago, they were saying they didn't value picks. They valued players. Well, this is a trade where they pretty much just got picks back and cap relief. So I think that it shows a change of tune over here. I hope the Pacers aren't done selling because they really have a big opportunity to accumulate some assets. You mentioned the deal that it took to get Isaiah Jackson. That was a home run deal for the Pacers. And I don't think this trade is a home run right now, but it could only get better as time goes on and we get closer to the draft. And in Woj's article, he mentioned that there's going to be about, uh, you know, four or five teams that are at that $26 million and, and uh, you know, and below that the cap mark. That's yeah. the Pistons, the Magic, the Spurs, and he didn't mention OKC, but I believe OKC is in that category. Alex, none of those are premier free agent destinations. So I kind of feel like all of a sudden it feels like fair game out there. I don't know what the Pacers will do. They still have so many questions to answer. You know, you still got to find out what you're going to do with TJ Warren. But th there's a lot going on right now. But the big thing is, is that we're going to continue to watch these young guys develop. And it only helps our chances at getting a better draft pick this year. Yeah, and that's a lot of great points. And honestly, I mean, if you're looking at the Eastern Conference standings, the Cleveland Cavaliers are third right now. So this lottery protected pick is more than likely going to be the Pacers pick this year. Um, the only thing that I worry about a little bit with this pick <laughs> is if Levert comes in and messes up some of the chemistry they've already established, because that will happen, right? Um, adding a new player into the mix, we know that Levert can be a little bit ball dominant at times. I uh, I was on the radio on last Thursday, and I labeled him as not a selfish player, but selfish tendencies, if that makes sense. You know, we saw what he did against Chicago, dropping 40-plus points. And then we saw what he did against the Lakers, where he was just lights out. But then we also saw what he did against the Thunder, 3 of 19. So very streaky player. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens. The, the, the Cavs are really in a tight race here. Really, with with all the teams in the top of the Eastern Conference, they'll have around the same win total uh, in the first five. So, look, if Cleveland stays in that top six, it's better for the Pacers. You don't want them to get stuck in that play-in tournament because if they happen to get beat in two games potentially, then you're looking at them losing this first-round pick in this asset. But, obviously, that'll trickle down into other stuff later um, as the years go on. But I really like this for the Pacers because, honestly – this team needs to decide what direction they're heading. Exactly. And to me, this direction screams we're punting on this season, number one. And I don't think it's necessarily bad to punt on this season because you're allowing your young talent to develop and, 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 and you know, kind of show the coaching staff more of their warts so they can be able to mask that moving forward and work on the weaknesses that they have. I think that's that's priority number one. Priority number two if they can get a draft pick and a guy that can potentially come in here and change this franchise around, look, trading Levert is probably going to help you lose more games. I would assume so. I you know what I mean? So. I mean, he's a good player. We're not, I mean, we're, we're harsh on him because he was kind of brought in here to be the guy, right. Or, or you know, our number two to Sabonis, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, Domas is going to have to develop this chemistry with these young guys. If he's not traded, we're going to talk about that in the second segment. Some bonus trades, but I just think if you're able to get your hands on potentially three first round picks for this year's draft, the Pacers, a one that they own, and then the, the one from the Cleveland and then that Houston pick, if they can turn that into a first, they can easily one get off some of these like off some of these contracts. Like let's just say they don't believe TJ McConnell is a long term fit here, they could attach a pick like that Rockets pick with McConnell somewhere, 
get off that million that you know remaining 14 million dollars on his contract um there's other things they can do with that but they can also take on lopsided trades which i think would be something else to monitor in the offseason if they're like hey we'll trade you this player for this player with that extra cap space they'd be able to take it back so a lot of things here to keep your eyes open for but most importantly i think given chris duarte the reins that starting shooting guard position for the rest of the season is going to be great. And then if TJ Warren's able to come back this month, then you can start seeing how they gel together and not have to worry about how they play with Levert. Yeah, what you mentioned of basically figuring out the direction that the front office wants to take this team. And we found that out tonight. And I, I love it because now we don't have to worry about the Pacers trying to like almost say like, you know, double down and, and be buyers. And, and then we're like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't want to be in the playing game anymore. So we finally got some some clarity over here, and it feels good. I hope they continue to sell because there's still options over here. Like at this point, you know, look, you enjoy first-round picks. You don't want to get to a point where all of a sudden we have too many picks to handle. But if that's the worst problem that we have, then I'm fine with it because there's guys that are just don't fit this team long-term that could be moved. You know, Miles Turner, a Justin Holiday, a Tory Craig, guys like that. I mean, we're going to talk about Sabonis trade uh, packages. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys that I feel like it should be, hey, they can be had for the right price, but, you know, hands off Chris Duarte, hands off Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very interesting. But, you know, I don't think there's too much really to say with this in, in terms of the Pacer standpoint besides just getting these assets. Um I would not anticipate Ricky Rubio being brought back uh, after no. this contract is over. I mean, they will have his bird rights, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I've also thought, would they be in? Would they be willing to use these picks they just acquired over the next week before the trade deadline to attach to something to get something else back? I mean, I'm, I've been contemplating that much, uh, just thinking about their possibilities and what they could do. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what else, what else is out there, what else they're wanting to do. Are they wanting to move Sabonis? Are they wanting to move Turner? Are they wanting to move both? I'm not really sure, but it will be interesting to see if they attach any of these picks moving forward. But I have to ask you this. If this is the only move the Pacers make before the deadline and we wait till the offseason to make the remainder of our moves, are you okay with that? It wouldn't be great. I, I, I would hope that they would continue to make moves. I think at the minimum – Please buy out Jeremy Lamb. Uh, just, just continue to clean up the rotation a little bit more. Just, just at this point, it's just he's got to go. Good guy. Just doesn't fit what we're doing the rest of the year. Uh, but I also feel like between Tory Craig and Justin Holiday, if you could flip one of those guys for just a couple more picks, a couple more second round picks, I do think that the Pacers have an opportunity to, you know, trade up into that first round again, like you mentioned. Whether it's you know the the thirty third overall pick and you know, uh, another second round pick or another one for you move up to like, I don't know, 28 or something like that. Who knows who's there, but at some point you'll have to consolidate some of these picks. So I, I just want to continue to clean up this rotation and just be able to consistently get guys like Terry Taylor minutes who on a night like tonight against the Cavs, you know, only got to play about 10 minutes. So I, yeah. I feel like there, there's certain guys over here that I really want to, you know, get more playing time, but then you still have the double bigs hanging over your head going into the offseason. So I yeah. would like to resolve it this week. I'm not really positive this gets resolved this week, but I do hope there's another move uh, in store. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I would be more understanding if they waited till the, till the offseason, just if there's nothing out there. Like, we saw a trade go down last Friday, right? Norman Powell and uh, who was the other player? Was it Robert Covington? Yeah, to yep. the Clippers. For Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, and Keon Johnson, I was like, what a ripoff from the Clippers. The yeah. Clippers, with no first-round picks, were able to get these two players for basically salary dumps. Yep. It's, a, it's a Portland. I mean, it's just like, and I mean, I, I think Norman Powell's a good player. So, yes. you know, kudos to the Clippers for that high on the Blazers. But, you know, that made me wonder, what is the actual value for shooting guards? I mean, Michael Scott, when he came on here, he talked about it. He said there's a lot of guards out there. So now it makes Eric Gordon intriguing, what the, the Rockets do with him and, you know, what their asking price is, if they're able to get on anything else. So lots of things to keep an eye out for. But most importantly, my last question before we take a break and go into our Sabonis trade stuff, you mentioned Jeremy Lamb with a buyout. He was a DNP coach's decision tonight. If he's bought out, what team is he going to? 
that's interesting. You know, it, it really is. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, there's always going to be a team that could use another scorer. But as of right now, I don't know if someone in specific comes to mind. Is, is there someone for you? I was watching the Lakers Knicks last night, and I think the Lakers could use Jeremy Lamb. <laughs> I was going to say the Lakers, but they already have those, like, older-ish guys. That but Lamb's like, not that old. He's That's not a thing. that old, but, like, he fits into that, that category of, like, a bunch of guys that, like, could be good one night but could not. Like, can they defend this? They have a lot of, like, those type of guys that I'm curious about. But, I mean, at the same point, it wouldn't surprise me at all. The Lakers are looking to, you know, bring in talent for really, you know, not giving anything out. So if you can just sign Jeremy Lamb to a minimum deal, then yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, who would you rather be making? Who would? Who do you think LeBron James would rather make cross court passes to? Russell Westbrook, Avery Bradley, or Jeremy Lamb? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying. Like at least Lamb can knock down that open three, and yeah. Lamb is able to put the ball on the floor and put the ball in the hoop. Like we know offensively. He can bring it on a lot of nights. It's just defensively where you're going to lose some, but I, I I could see it happening just because there's a lot of uh, a lot of nasty over there on that LA on that LA roster, and I think Lamb, um, well, he's not great. Don't get me wrong; I don't think he's a great player. Obviously, <laughs> he's getting bought out, and Pacers can't get anything for him. But I think he's an upgrade, and I think he might be more motivated to play with a team like that than uh, you know going through the motions playing with this Pacers roster. I don't blame him though. He should be motivated, but the Lakers have bigger problems if they think Jeremy Lamb saving the day. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Sacrificial Lamb, that's for sure. So, okay, well, everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed that segment with Karis LeVert stuff. If you have any ideas, any thoughts on it, please feel free to uh, message us on, on social media and let us know what you guys think about this trade if you haven't already. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and do DeMontis Sabonis trade ideas right after this. All right, so we got a bunch of whiners on Twitter that said, oh, you guys will never talk about Sabonis trade stuff. Okay, well, here you go. Uh, this is the podcast for you. I mean, we have talked about the rumors if you actually listen to the show, um, but we're going to dedicate a whole segment to DeMontis Sabonis trade ideas for all those haters out there that are, I guess, just ignoring the reporting that the Pacers uh, are least likely to move him and more likely to move Turner. But here we are. Uh, let's just get into it, Fachi. Give me your first fake trade. For Demonte Sabonis. All right. So t- I, I, I'm curious to hear what you think here, but also the listeners as well. I want to hear you guys weigh in after uh, this episode's up. But this would be Sabonis to the Spurs. The trade package is one of my boys. I've always had a soft spot for him. Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson. Knew it. <laughs> Derek White and a first-round pick for Sabonis. Wow. Okay. So, so let, me, let me take you through here. <laughs> Derek White has three years left on his contract at between 16 to $19 million per year. Good player. You know, yes, he's not a true point guard, but he's, he's a good player. Kelvin Johnson, I really think this is someone who's going to take off. I really feel like he's good. He got great experience with Team USA. He's a very good overall player. He's going to be making about $4 million. He's rookie extension eligible. The Spurs, they protect that pick. It's either going to be top eight protected or top ten protected this year, but uh, it'll lower after that. Well, mine was I, – I asked for a lot more for Sabonis in my okay. Spurs trade. Um, so I did a Spurs trade too, so I'll just throw this back at you as my like – I guess yours would probably be like the counter offer compared to mine. But right. my, my original offer was Derek White, but instead of Keldon Johnson, I asked for Devin Vassell. Okay. I also asked for two first-round picks oh. for DeMontis Sabonis, and here's why. I'm going off of what they said they wanted, and that is a Nicholas yep. – uh, uh, Vucevic kind of pay a trade package, right? That is what they wanted. So they wanted two first round picks and a young player. So that's why I went with that. Now, both these picks are 24 and tw- uh, 2024, 2026. They're both top eight protected, um, you know, but this is a big move for the Spurs because, you know, Derek White to me, that's pretty much a lot of money for a good player, not a great player. Devin Vassell is probably someone they don't want to get rid of. So this could be where it uh, gets to like, okay, how much do you really want him? Uh, do you value Pirtle more? Would you rather keep Pirtle and not go after Sabonis? I mean, there's always that conversation. But, um, you know, I'm asking high from the Pacers. And so maybe that maybe the counter offer is something they would accept. But I think if I'm the Pacers, uh, I would prefer to keep Sabonis over the package you gave me if I were the team making the decisions. Yeah, I mean, all, all depends what direction they're really going for over there. Your your trade, I mean, look, if you can get two first-round picks 
Derek White and Vassell, I mean, that's good. I think that's where the Pacers would want to start the conversations, but we heard that's where they really started asking two first-round picks for Levert as well as Turner, and we knew you know that wasn't going to happen. So maybe they do come back with a counter, and it is one first-round pick, Derek White, and perhaps Keldon Johnson. If that's the deal, man, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm just a very big Keldon Johnson guy, but I really feel like he could take the next step with the Pacers. So, you know, either way, we have a similar framework there. If the Pacers can get two first-round picks there, I mean, that that's, that's you know, all of a sudden now you have a lot of assets to play with. So I don't know if, if the Spurs do the deal that you mentioned. The deal that I mentioned, maybe they go for it if they feel that they're ready to kind of turn it on. But I'm sure they like Keldon Johnson as well. Yeah, see, I think I think we're at as the Spurs say no to mine, the Pacers probably say no to yours. So put our two trades together, maybe we can come up with something. Um, I don't know if the Pacers value Keldon Johnson as much as you do. Um, that's just my thinking. You know, he's a good player, but I don't think he's changing too too much. But I think the picks is where the Pacers would probably want two picks for Sabonis if they're able to get potentially. Two first-round picks for Levert. I mean, that Rockets pick is as close to a first-round pick as you can get without it being a first-rounder. I think they feel like they can get more for Sabonis. But you think um, so. Yeah, but let's move on to your next one, Flatch. All right, so for my next one, it is the Sacramento Kings, and I know that some of you guys were very let down when it sounded like the Pacers didn't really have much interest <laughs> in dealing Sabonis to the Kings, so I thought we'd have some fun with this. So in this situation, it's Sabonis, Lamb, because he's got to go. And either McConnell or Craig. Now, for McConnell, yeah, he signed that four-year $28 million deal, so he still is owed about $21 million after this. Uh, And in return, the Pacers would get De'Aaron Fox. They roll the dice on Marvin Bagley, and they get a first-round pick. This pick is going to be lottery-protected this year and then moves down to just top eight protected next year. Thoughts? Mm. I don't know if I do this. Okay. Um, you know how I feel about De'Aaron Fox. I like De'Aaron Fox. I do, but the contract is what makes me nervous. It's scary. It's a um, lot of money. You know, you're taking on Bagley as an expiring, so you're not really worried about that. You're taking a risk on him. Roll um, the dice for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think with them already having Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell, they would probably want Torrey Craig would be my guess in this trade instead of McConnell's contract. But regardless, um. I think if I'm the Pacers, I just want – I would prefer that pick to be unprotected if I'm going to make this deal. I think that's where I would stand at it because, you, you know, you're already getting a really talented player in Fox. Um, Bagley has already got, like, no value for the Kings. I mean, very little. He's already requested a trade. So he's more of a salary filler, I would say, in this move. So, you know, the Pacers are trying to get off McConnell. They take back Bagley's expiring. You know, I, there's there's ways to look at it, but – Ultimately, for me, I think that if I'm the Pacers, I would want that pick to be unprotected. Uh, it just feels like that's um, not enough in terms of value-wise for, for Sabonis. Yeah, I mean, there's no way the Kings do that unprotected because right now they're probably picking and say, you know, things finish. They probably have the sixth best odds. At the yeah, top but they're the trying pick, so. to win. That's the thing. I mean, at least top three or something like that in case I get lucky. But, you know, they're they're trying to win now. So, I mean – if they're trying to win now, save their jobs and prove that they can be like a play-in team, because the West is not very good. Like the Blazers are still in the play-in tournament right now. So they could still get into that 10th spot, even though it's not really going to guarantee much. I, I think the, the in this scenario, the Kings are the more desperate team. The Pacers are not. So the Pacers have more leverage here in what they're asking for. Yeah, maybe, maybe Sacramento can say something like top 10 protected this year where at that point, you know, maybe that pick ends up being, you know, 11th overall, or maybe next year the Kings just stink once again and the Pacers get, you know, a top 10 pick. So, yeah, it's possible. Here's the thing. It's like I I felt like if you're going to get rid of Fox, McConnell can serve in as like that veteran point guard over there. You get rid of his $21 million, which, you know, you're pretty much just giving a Fox at that point. Uh, You know, Bagley, his future probably isn't in Indiana. So here's the thing. I personally don't – I'm not in love with trading Sabonis in really any deal that's going to definitely benefit us. And if it was going to be a, you know, say Sabonis and Lamb for Fox and the Pacers had no interest in that, I need to get a first-round pick in there, like, for sure. So that's why I try to work it in there while getting off – not to say a bad contract in McConnell, but one that we might not be thrilled about. 
Yeah, so I, I too do the Kings one, obviously, because I was just, I think I was a little bit motivated after Michael Scott who talked about the Kings being a hungry team that would really like Sabonis. So they do make a lot of sense, but I actually did one without Deer and Fox Fachi. Ooh, do tell. So this one is definitely modeled once again after the Vucevic type of trade package. So the Pacers are going to get Davion Mitchell and Marvin Bagley, as well as a 2022 first-round pick and a 2024 first-round pick for Sabonis and Kiefer Sykes. Uh, I do not think Sacramento does that. Uh, really? So so let's see. So Davion Mitchell, who I know it sounds like they really like, and since they moved him into the starting lineup, he's been good. Two first-round picks, and then who was it? Was it Bagley? Yeah, Bagley's money, just to keep it going. This The reason I think the Pacers would probably consider this, they save money on this deal, $4.4 million. They also get two first-round picks in Davion Mitchell, a young player. I mean, if you're looking at Davion Mitchell, to me, I don't think he's a guy that can come in there and long-term start uh, for this team. But now you're looking at Fox, you're looking at Halliburton, and you're looking at Sabonis with with – Barnes and Heald. I mean, that's a pretty good five that could make the playoffs this year for the Kings. The play in, I should say, more than the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Things lowered down a little bit to the point where I feel like this would be the Kings selling their soul for but, Sabonis and and a play in appearance. I, 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 but I think they're willing to do that as 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 much as we've heard them talk about how big of buyers they are because I know that I'm probably overvaluing Sabonis to an extent. But with that being said, you know, Davion Mitchell is an older older rookie, right? Uh, clearly has some warts to his game, not a great shooter. Uh, obviously, Fox isn't a great shooter either. But I think the Pacers could benefit having a defender like this in Davion Mitchell. He kind of gives me some Marcus Smart vibes a little bit, you know, coming into the league a little bit. Uh, Bagley, I'm not sure if the Pacers would really want to take on Bagley if he's a headache or whatever. But I think they could be – talked into keeping Bagley to see how he feels with a new opportunity. And without Sabonis there, now he's going to get more opportunity to start um, with Isaiah Jackson and that kind of thing. So to me, it's like, look, you're, this is a very similar trade package uh, in terms of player wise to what the Pacers got back when they traded Paul George without the picks, right? They got Dave, they got DeMontis Sabonis who was just drafted around that same range that Mitchell was. And then Oladipo was drafted number two, which is what Bagley was drafted. Now, Oladipo definitely had a much better start to his career than yeah. Bagley. So, I mean, I'm trying to do similar frameworks around that. But, you know, I, I didn't know what protections to put on these picks because it's that's always, the big thing. Yeah. So, I mean, if you did like maybe like top eight protected on both, then maybe this is something that gets done to me because these picks could eventually turn into something else or, or whatever. But I think if the Kings can get their hands on Sabonis without having to give up Halliburton or Fox and the Pacers don't really want to take back Fox's contract, this is another route they could go here. The protections on the pick is everything because if things went south for the Kings, I don't think they would recover for quite some time because those two first-round picks, I mean, for them, is this is a team that is routinely – picking in that top 10, and and they just can't get out of that that area. So Sabonis would probably make them a little bit better, but they still risk the, the, the point of, you know, selling the future for, you know, an eighth seed to, to a play-in. And I know they want to win, but I don't think they're actually going to win a playoff series with this team. So it'd yeah. be an interesting deal for the Pacers. Pacers yeah. can get two first-round picks and Davion Mitchell over there. I mean, yes, that's that's got to be appealing. But, but you got to look at what Chicago got last year. For Vucevic, right? I mean, what they traded for Vucevic, yeah. right? They traded away Wendell Carter Jr., who was a top six pick in the draft, seven pick, something like yeah, that. I think yeah. he went like six or seven, seven. Yeah, right? Seven. And they also traded Otto Porter Jr.'s expiring with two first-round picks for Vucevic, who's five years older than Sabonis. So now you're talking about Davion Mitchell and two first-round picks, and Mitchell was drafted later than um, – what's his face? Than Wendell Carter, Carter Jr. Jr. Yeah. Right. And I think that Sabonis, he can be a much – I think that – I think maybe uh, the protections – I think with the with the Bulls, it was, what, top eight protected or something like that? Uh, no, they, they, they handed it was over top the five. overall pick. Yeah, yeah, it was like top five or six or something Yeah, like because that. the Bulls ended up getting like the eighth overall pick, but it went to the Magic. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that first one is unprotected and then the other one's like lottery protected or something. I don't know. But I think, I think my framework was very similar to how that was – 
builds around Vucevic, and that's what I tried to do uh, for all of my trades just to try to make it make sense because I, I just think if the Pacers value Sabonis as a two-time All-Star and their best player, they cannot sell low on him whatsoever. No, they definitely can't. I mean, if they sold low on Sabonis, no one's coming here in free agency ever because he would be like, that's what you traded your two-time All-Star for, like a first-round pick and like, uh, you know, uh, a so-so player. We can't do one of those. So the yeah. Kings could be a team that could be desperate enough to do it. That 15-, 16-year playoff drought is really eating them alive. So, Well, you know, let me ask you this, too, because we saw DeRozan got dealt in a sign-in trade with San Antonio and Chicago to go play with Zach Levine and, and Vucevic. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Kings look at it the same way and say, if we get Sabonis here with Halliburton and Fox, we can get someone here that wants to play with us. We have a good young three right here. We add a veteran like a DeRozan type of player to the mix. Now you're looking at a team that could really compete in the Western Conference, in their opinion, right? Because they thought this year they were going to be really good. Uh, Chad Ford has talked about that several times on his podcast, said like, the Kings thought they could be like a top six team in the Western Conference with their roster this year. So uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's just, it, it's just like <laughs> where's the self awareness, right? You know? Yeah. So that to me is like, okay, maybe they can talk. I mean, if they're already believing that, and they and they look at Sabonis, they want him that bad. Um, obviously, they don't have enough to get Ben Simmons, or that's all kind of been shut down. I mean, who knows what could happen later? But I just think if you have those three players right there, Halliburton, Fox, and Sabonis, you could probably entice a free agent to come play there in California. It would make a lot of sense to me, Botch. You could. I don't know what tier that free agent is, but you could probably convince someone. But I also do feel like I could feel them almost breathing down my neck how much they love <laughs> Sabonis. Like, I feel like they got the straight-up hard eyes for him just from a distance. Like, it, it's no secret the Kings love them some Sabonis. So it, that that's probably a team that the Pacers are going to be in talks with for quite some time, just to see if you could ever get that Godfather type deal out of them. So yeah, that, that remains to be seen. My next deal, I don't know if it's going to happen, but you know you have to have one of these trades in there. So for, it involves the Raptors. Okay. All right, so you, you got Sabonis, you got Lamb because I, I'll pack his bags <laughs> for him, and, and Justin Holiday. His bags are already packed. And well, they're they're packed. The car is running, Alex. We're going Man, up I, for it. I really hope Justin Holiday. You know, the problem with Holiday going to the Raptors is you got to be vaccinated. So, oh yeah, that does complicate things. All right, it's Toy Craig now. All right, <laughs> they, we switched on the fly. All right, so now it's Sabonis, Lamb, and Toy Craig okay. for OG Gordon Dragic expiring deal. You throw in like a so-so younger player like Precious Sashua and a first-round pick. Now, tell me what you think here. Toronto caught fire. Like they're, they're starting to win again. They're in like the seventh spot right now. OG is obviously a good player that they value. You could pair Sabonis with Siakam, which would be an interesting pairing. Uh, Drogic is just the throw-in over there. Precious is whatever. The first-round pick at this point, if they keep winning, it's, it's not that great of a pick, but you get OG and you get another first. What do you think? I mean, I like this. Um, I think I'm in, I'm intrigued by Achua, too. I think he's not bad. He, he yeah. I I wonder if they'd even get rid of him as a backup center. I, I don't know. Sabonis. You I, know what I, I mean? I thought the same thing. I, I wonder like, if they'd rather. I wonder if they'd rather give up Malachi Flynn or something like that. You they, know, they, just, they would definitely rather do that. Yeah. But I mean, if you're the Pacers, would, if you're the Pacers, would you rather? Would you take on Malachi Flynn instead of Achua? I think you would. Um, I mean, OG and Anobi, it's just like such a gut punch because this could have been a Pacer. Yep outright until they got TJ Leaf. So obviously like that, that will always be like, man, we really screwed this up. But you have to wonder too, like is OG like an injury prone player that you're really willing to take that risk on? Because I like OG and Anobi. Don't get me wrong. And I would probably do this deal if I were the Pacers, if I'm trying to go through some type of rebuild. Um, but, you know, the, the Siakam Sabonis fit can be intriguing and kind of weird at the same time. I know they both yeah, I agree. like to – operate with the ball in their hands. I think Sabonis is someone that Toronto would be interested in for sure. Um, I did hear on a podcast, I'm sorry, I forget which podcast it was, but they did bring up the fact that with Toronto, they're not looking to move any of their core, which would include OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Fred Van Vliet. So now it's like, okay, well, I mean, they might have to change some of those, um, you know, priorities if, if Sabonis is in this deal. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's really intriguing. If you can get a pick, you can get OG and Anobi for Sabonis, basically. Um, I mean, if you're the Pacers, you have to really consider it. But I think at the same time, 
Um, if we're really being fair, who is the better overall player? It's Sabonis. Yeah. But if you're looking at who is more like, you know, two dimensional in terms of able to play both sides of the court at an elite level, uh, you, you can probably talk yourself into OG Ananobi's defense being incredible for this Pacers team. And I think Rick Carlisle would just love OG Ananobi. So um, I would definitely, I'd have, I have a hard time with this one saying no to it, but um, it, it, it just, it would be really interesting to see what Toronto thinks. It would be because look, you got OG look in a, a, a nice two way player also has the IU ties. So, you know, could help with the fans, but oh, also, I mean, there's always going to be that in the background. It's so somewhere. annoying. I know, so I know, much. but there's always going to be one of those players of all oh, went to IU, but he's actually a good player. So here's the thing. You have a luxury at, at with your bigs. So by getting OG, you can, you know, improve your defense over there while still having Turner at center. And then you could always, you know, open up some playing time for Isaiah Jackson um, at this point, that pick is probably, you know, it could be like the 18th overall pick or 16 or somewhere in that range where it's like it's even more assets where now all of a sudden the Pacers have a boatload of first round picks to be working with or top 35 picks that you could continue to make moves. OG's under contract three years. Uh, he's signed for the next three years after this one between mm. 17 to $19 million. So it's like yeah. perfectly right in that basically Sabonis money. So really great. Um, and then, you know, it, it's, it's just at the same point, you shed some money with Justin holiday. I mean, overall it's an intriguing trade. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of getting off of Goran Dragic's money, you know, yep. that's more money you're getting off of, you know, you get two international point cards that were linked to the Pacers multiple times throughout their careers. And then, they're injured or they're injured or won't play for you. So you just cut them and then you move on. But um, I did not have a Toronto trade. I'll move on to my next one. Um, I had, okay. I, I will say this is the most realistic. So I'll share this one. This right, is right. my Memphis Grizzlies trade. Um, the Grizzlies are a really interesting team, really fun team. They are. And I think that Sabonis can make some sense there. I, I know Bill Simmons on his latest podcast put out a clip on Twitter about Sabonis to Memphis and how that would really impact things. And so I thought to myself, what could the Pacers get here in this deal? So my trade was Steven Adams, Zaire Williams, the Lakers 2022 first round pick that the Grizzlies have. And then a 2024 unprotected first round pick for DeMontis Sabonis and Fachi's current favorite player, Gogo Batadze. <laughs> Well, hey, man, after tonight's game, I soured a little bit on Goga. That man did not look good today. I'll tell you that. Um, the things things change quick around here. But uh, all right, so let's see. We got Sabonis and Goga going to Memphis for Steven Adams, who's got one year left on his deal after this. Zaire yeah. Williams, who is a very promising player, you know, their recent 10th overall pick. But then you're talking about their 10th overall pick and then two first-round picks. Yeah. So, man, that's that's one of them is the Lakers. So it's going to Lakers. Be, it could be lottery, um, just depending on how bad the Lakers do. But it could it could be like in that fifteen range. So yeah. to me, that's intriguing. To me, the Lakers pick. I don't want. I think they have uh, the the Utah first round pick and their own. So I was like, well, we'll take the Lakers, no protections, and then you know, because they still have two other picks. Like, how many young players can Memphis really pick, right? So I don't think they're going to be too upset with parting with some of these picks to get Sabonis. And then that 2024 first-round pick is really enticing to me, um, even if it's a late pick, just because anytime you can get extra picks, it's enticing. Yeah, I, I think in order for this deal to progress, that pick definitely has to be unprotected. Like, I feel like that, that's that got to be unprotected there. Um, I, I had it unprotected for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this deal because you got Zaire Williams. Um, look, he, he can play multiple positions. They list him as a shooting guard. We obviously have Duarte there, but he could play the three. Um, he's got great length. I feel like they, they really like him in Memphis. You wonder if they would be willing to give up that many picks, though. Yeah. Because it's, a, it's like well, a thing, three they just have a, picks. Well, they have a lot, though. That's the thing. And they've yeah, got yeah. so many young players. There's just not room for them on this roster. I think if they can go out and get a stud like Sabonis, two-time All-Star, because look, everybody's like, when everyone was talking about this trade, when I shared that clip from uh, Bill Simmons on his podcast, they're like, Sabonis plays slow. He would slow their offense down. He's not a good fit for their team, blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, 
Y'all think Sabonis is slower than Steven Adams? Just stop, yeah. okay? You know, I I think that Sabonis could really benefit from Jaron Jackson Jr.'s defense. He knows how to yep. play the double big lineup. But one thing we know Sabonis is great at is half-court offense. That is where Memphis struggles. And so when it comes playoff time, you're going to need someone that can slow it down in the half-court and create your shots. I think Sabonis would be a terrific pick-and-roll partner with Ja Morant. Oh, definitely. That would be fantastic to watch in the playoffs. And look, the Western Conference to me is semi-open right now. Look, you got Phoenix, and that's the only team I feel super confident in. I don't even feel confident in Utah right now. Uh, Dallas has been playing better, but like really, like looking at the West, I I think it's very open. So uh, this is why this deal makes some sense to me, especially if you add um, Sabonis to a mix of a lot of, you know, athletic players there in Memphis. Yeah, this is this is really intriguing because at some point Memphis has to be ready to win because they're they're, yeah. too, they're like they weren't. I don't think they ever thought they'd be in this position this quickly. But there's a lot of talent there. That team is really young, and they're not going to be able to keep bringing in these first round picks that you mentioned. So yeah. I'm really torn on this deal. If the Pacers wanted to go for a legitimate rebuild, like sell it, that this is the type of trade to do. Man, think about all those picks the Pacers would have. They'd be looking like the Thunder. <laughs> they would, though. They'd be looking like the Thunder, but with, I'd say, more players that can win now. Yeah, I mean, I like Zaire Williams' potential, and that's what I'm, like, intrigued by. It's like I'm trying to think of, like, players that I think would fit Carlisle's, like, mold, and so that's why I'm like, you still yeah. get a veteran here in Steven Adams. Obviously, you're not going to have long-term plans for him, but he probably be, gets flipped in his, in yeah, his expiring, an deal. expiring deal, and you have picks you can attach to him. Um, I did do another trade with the Grizzlies. I'll share it real quick. It was without picks included because my favorite player currently on Memphis is Dylan Brooks. I highly doubt they'd get rid of him. Okay. I don't think I, so. They, yeah, they love him. That core. I, I know. So my my original this was with no picks. Steven Adams, Dylan Brooks, and Zyre Williams for Justin Holiday, DeMontis Sabonis, Tory Craig, and Goga Batadze. According to Trade NBA, it gives the Grizzlies two plus wins. I know people have said that Dylan Brooks is like the heart and soul of that team, but I've also heard that he can be kind of like a liability sometimes when it comes to like maybe like overstepping his role sometimes. But with that being said, Pacers can get some defensive, a defensive wing like Dylan Brooks. I think Rick Carlisle might crap his pants because he, he needs some, he needs some defensive presence out there. I just love Dylan Brooks, but um, so if you hate see. this deal, just tell me. So it was Adams, Dylan Brooks, and who else was in there? Zaire Williams. Zaire Williams. Okay. For, For Sabonis. Justin, Justin Torrey, Sabonis, and Goga. I, I think it's too much for the Pacers. I, I, I don't know. I mean, here's We're the getting thing. too much? I, I, I don't we're know. giving up too much? I, I'm torn here because, look, Stephen Adams, we both view as whatever. He's an expiring contract. For next year, that that will probably end up flipping. Dylan Brooks, I feel like you trade, you make this trade over here. I think you you risk like a ripple effect of like disrupting their culture because I feel like the Grizzlies have that young crew that's like coming up together. And I feel like you trade Dylan Brooks and Zaire Williams for guys like Goga that like you know like Tory Craig, Justin Holiday. Like I don't think those are going to be future guys there. Like I think they they do their time there and then they they probably head elsewhere. So, man, I I don't think the deal happens. Yeah, I think the first one I gave was more realistic, and that's why I said it. So, you know, just throwing out ideas. It's like, look, I really want Dylan Brooks. I just threw him in the deal to see if it it makes sense at all. And I'm like, I can talk myself into it, but I don't think Memphis would talk them into it. So um, would love to hear Memphis's (laughs) rebuttal to my trade ideas. But, but, you know, I just it just depends on, like like Michael Scott said, I'm going back to this, but he said – Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It depends on how much Memphis loves Sabonis. If they love him, then maybe they overpay for him. If they don't love him, then there's probably not a deal there. So um, it really all depends on how much you think Sabonis can make them better. But um, with that being said, what's your next one, Fudge? So this this is where, you know, this is where I get to my, my so-so deals where it's like, mm-hmm, I don't know. This involves the Boston Celtics. So this would okay. be DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holiday for – Al Horford, you're taking on Horford, but $14.5 million is guaranteed out of his $27 million for the following year. So it's about half guaranteed. Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, and two first-round picks. So, Say it one more time. 
two first-round picks from the Celtics, Marcus Smart, Grant Williams, and Al Horford, and we're giving up Sabonis, Lamb, and Holiday. Oh, man, that's interesting. Um, feels like a win-now move in a certain degree because Marcus Smart is a win-now player. Al Horford is a win-now player, and I know he's just part of the salary filler. Yeah, great veteran who, you know, you, you'll, you only owe half of his money that's guaranteed. Marcus Smart could bring some chippiness you know, to the team, and I feel like hopefully it's contagious. Grant Williams is, you know, I, I liked Grant Williams a couple of years ago. He's more of like the throw-in that you're rolling the dice on. And then the two first-round picks, I don't know how great they'll be. Maybe one of those picks is perhaps like – 17th and the other one is like you know so so but at this point if you're if that's what you're looking for this is one of the situations where you might be able to get two first round picks yeah i mean it's really interesting especially from boston standpoint because now they got jalen jason and demontis yeah i mean that's that's a pretty big core three and then you figure out what they got to do with robert williams whether they keep him um they've got neesmith they've got romeo i mean i think that the pacers probably say no to this trade would be my guess. I mean, the picks are not going to be good picks. Exactly. I they don't want to take back the money from the, the Celtics for these two players that really don't have a long-term future with them. I mean, because if they still have Brogdon, does, do they view Brogdon as their starter? Do they really want to have Smart in there to take away from Duarte's minutes? I mean, it's it's a very intriguing conversation. Yeah. I don't I don't see it with Boston because I just feel like I mean, if they gave up Sabonis and, and, and paired him with Tatum and Brown and didn't get a whole lot back, I think they'd be kicking themselves for a while just looking at that core of three, just beating them all the time. Yeah, I mean, I would just say over here, I try to find a trade that could net the Pacers two first-round picks if they want to go, like, full rebuild. And it was hard to do it over here. Look, I'm not in love with Marcus Smart. He's never shot efficient from the field. But he does bring something important to the team. So I thought, you know, maybe that could rub off. Horford, you do get a veteran over there that maybe could could help, you know, some guys because the Pacers have been in need of a veteran. But it's not a trade I'm in love with because the picks wouldn't be great. So the Pacers in this situation, you know, they get to shed some salary, but, you know, you're still paying Marcus Smart for the next few years. So I'm not in love with it. That's why I put it in my so-so deal yeah. category. Yeah, so I've got another one here. This is my last trade that I have for Sabonis, and I think you have one more after this, right? Yep. Okay, so I'll share this one real quick. Um, the Pelicans have been rumored to be buyers once again. Um, don't really understand what they're doing there. I think it's a GM trying to save his job. So with a GM trying to save his job and with them having some picks to dangle around, they've got some from Milwaukee, they got some from the Lakers, they have some of their own. Um, I, I forget which picks I actually selected. I, I don't know where this trade went that I had saved at one point, but the basic concept was two first-round picks, Herb Jones and Jonas Valanciunas for DeMontis Sabonis and whatever salary filler needed to be put in there to make it work, whether I think it was Tory Craig. So something along those lines. Um, I feel like when it comes to the Pelicans, um, if they can get Sabonis for the next three years, like that's a huge win, I think, for them. Um, they're really, I mean, they're really trying to salvage whatever they've done because every move they've made, I feel like has just been a terrible move. So, um, aside, I, so. I mean, aside from you know, they got the they got the the Anthony Davis trade and then botched that with only being able to really keep Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart. I mean, you let Julius Randle go, you let Lonzo go for nothing. I mean, it just what a weird situation, right? So I, I think that if the Pacers can get back Balanchunas for a year to kind of fill the Sabonis role, they get a young prospect and, and Herb Jones, I think that, you know, he's a really intriguing player. And then two first-round picks, that to me is somewhat enticing. It's probably the least favorite of the deals that I've given out today, but um, it's still enticing to me. Yeah, I'm curious how the pairing of Valanciunas and Turner would be. Um, oh, Turner's got to go too. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, I could not see those two – Playing together, or or you flip Valanciunas in the summer. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. If there's always like one of those moves, then maybe because I just feel like he wouldn't fit as much of you know what we're doing. But um, man, I mean, two first round picks is obviously going to be very appealing. Would the Pelicans do that? I mean, if their backs against the wall to try and keep Zion happy and, and you know over there, 
you know, that that's like an all in move. And it's like, man, are the Pelicans ready to be all in? You know, maybe they have to, but they've been making some sketchy moves lately. So, you know, it, it'd be interesting. So essentially it was Valanciunas, two second round picks. and No, was, first round picks. I mean, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Two first round picks. Was there another player? Her, Herb no. Jones. Oh, Herb Jones. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Herb Jones is definitely a promising player that I feel like could could be intriguing. Um, man, this is once again the same model of the Magic trade yeah. with the Bulls. Yeah. I mean, I really tried to do that because I was like, okay, I'm trying to be like realistic here with what's been reported out there in terms of what the Pacers are looking for. So teams that I felt like could overpay, this is one team that I felt that could. It could overpay. I just hate the fact that Valanciunas is the one coming back. He's a good player, but we just have such a luxury I, at bigs that it's just like, ah, like I like the first round picks, but you know, ugh. well, I mean, what what else are you going to take back from that? It's like eh, somewhat even like, would you rather have Josh Hart than him? I don't think so. Dude, I mean, a soft spot for Josh Hart. I know you do. I don't know. I do. Rep Howard is too. But yeah, we both do. I still think that Valanciunas has more value in the league than Josh Hart. You get oh, yeah, back yeah. Jay and, and JV and Sabonis don't make any sense together, in my opinion. Yeah. I know they're both Lithuanian, right? So uh, that'd be interesting trading two Lithuanian centers. But you know, if you if you feel like Isaiah Jackson's the future, right at center position, then you look to move JV, and and I'm sure the Pacers could get something in return for JV. Now you're looking at more stuff to add to your, you know, arsenal of assets. So, I, I mean, I'm just thinking big picture here in terms of getting as many assets as possible. I would say what's the protections on those first-round picks? Yeah, I think it's really just dependent on what picks they are. Like, if you're getting the Bucks pick, then obviously it's not going to be protected. Um, they did – I don't know how many Laker picks they gave up, but if, like, you're talking about, like, a 2024 Lakers pick, um, then maybe you do, like, a top eight, top ten protection on it. I don't yeah. know. It really, I mean, I wouldn't be losing sleep over the protections um, if I'm still getting two picks and JV along with Herb Jones. I, I think whatever protections they are, as long as it's not like lottery protected on both. Yeah, it cool. definitely can't be. Yeah, I feel like if, if they're going to be eight, top, 10, it's got to be like top eight at most, I feel like, because yeah. th- if the Pacers are going to make a deal like that, you got to feel like you got full value back and won the deal. You know, I don't see the Pacers trading Sabonis for like a, a fair package. I, I see it being like a, hey, we think now we have enough assets that we won this deal. Yeah. So All that'll right. be interesting. My well, last deal, yeah, I would say ahead. over here, not in love with it, but given that there were some rumors, <laughs> it only felt right to include your Washington Wizards in this deal. So okay. we got, we have, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yep. You're your talking Wizards. to the mayor, Fachi? No, no, I'm not. So we got the Pacers and the Wizards. Things are going to get interesting over here. I'm not in love with it, but I got to do it. So it's Sabonis, Justin Holiday, and Jeremy Lamb himself. All right. In this deal. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Lamb himself. Himself. Mr. Mr. I'm ready to go to the airport at any minute. All right. So this would be (laughs) Kyle Kuzma, Rui Hachimura, Denny, Thomas Bryant's expiring, and a future, like, late down the line first-round uh, pick. So, and if that that pick is going to be unprotected. What did you say before you read this trade-off? Kuzma, he's got two. No, no, no. Years. Before you read the trade-off, what did you say? I'm not, I'm not in love with it. it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's my last trade. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, man, Quentin Mayo would probably hate this, too. Uh, yeah, well, I felt like with all the Wizards, like the, all the tweets out there, the Wizards are zeroing in on Sabonis. I felt like I had to make – a deal, and if we're going to make a deal happen with the Wizards, we got to be getting a haul. And Kuzma, look, people like to clown him a lot. He's actually having a really good year, and he's making $13 million. He's got a $13 million player option after next season. Maybe he opts out and and goes for a deal. So maybe it's just one year of Kuzma. Thomas Bryant, look, you knew there was going to be another IU tie in there somewhere. I don't think he's got a future in Indiana. Um, Rui, Something happened to him. I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know if he'll be the same player, but you're getting a bunch of young talent. You're getting a first-round pick that down the line, you don't know. I mean, if it's unprotected, that pick could end up being a really good pick years from now. So Yeah, no, I mean, it's semi-interesting to me, right? I, I don't, I don't like, blah, hate everything about it, but it's still, like, you know, I've got, I've got, I know Tony Fry. He's always in my DMs about a, a Wizards Pacers trade. He's probably like 
freaking out. Like Fauci thought my trade idea was great here. Um, I know he didn't love it. He did not love it. Okay. Bob Kravitz did an excellent article with uh, the guy who covers the wizards for the athletic. And they both basically just said, look, if a deal is to be made, like for the, for the exercise purpose, here's what we'll throw out there. But it's more than likely not going to work. See, like you said, this is a deal. Like, I just don't like anything Washington really has to offer for Demonte Sabonis. Um, I, I completely agree. I mean, it's know. not. It's not great. It's, it's not. not moving the needle in the picks. I don't really think are worth. Like the one pick is not worth it. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm out on this one. But I will ask you this, just to be fair. I think we should do this now. If we had to pick one trade from uh, each one of our, you know, proposed trades. So you pick from mine, and I'll pick from yours. So we're not being biased. Which trade package would you take or would you like the most that I put out there? Might have been might have been the first two. I mean, I don't think the Spurs give us that second first round pick. Yeah, if that happened. I mean, that that's definitely very intriguing right there. Um, and then the Kings package, it, it was Davion Mitchell, two first rounders, right? And with Martin yeah. Bagley. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's gonna be another thing that's hard to turn down because I honestly think that those picks could be good picks. The Kings just do not have good luck. They are not allowed to have nice things. So in the end, one of those picks could end up being like, yeah, top 10 pick. Yeah, no, I, I think yours for me was the Toronto one. That's mm-hmm. going to be the one that I thought was to me the most enticing. I definitely, you know, I definitely do think we had some similar interests with the Kings and the Spurs. Yeah. Um, for me now, I guess if we're going to answer the question of which trade we like that we brought to the table the most um i do i do like my king's trade quite a bit but i think more than likely i'm talking myself into the memphis trade for zaire williams two first round picks and stephen adams i think that to me is probably the most realistic um and probably the most fair trade package that i brought to the table yeah i mean that's another one where you know it's it's that vucevic type offer which you can't complain about because Look, I would say, put it this way, guys, in every deal that Sabonis is going to be involved in, he's probably going to be the best player in that deal. I don't think there's going to be a situation where the Pacers come out with with a better player. It's going to be like a bunch of pieces, you know, numerous draft picks, a young player, uh, you know, an an expiring deal type of situation. Steven Adams is a good player. He wouldn't fit our team moving forward, but Maybe they flip him for something else over there. But Davion Mitchell, I think, could be a good addition to the team. Those first-round picks, I think, could be very good. So those type of deals are super intriguing if they are out there. Yeah, absolutely. So we got ourselves, what, four more days to the trade deadline, Fachi? Three oh, more yeah. days? Yep. Something like that. So Thursday at 3. Oh, man. So we'll see if the Pacers make any more moves. But once again, Karis Levert traded to the Cavaliers for one first-round pick. Lottery protected and two second round picks, one belonging to Houston, one belonging to Utah. So I want to thank Karis Avert for all that he did when he was in a Pacers uniform. I really appreciated um, what we saw last year, especially towards the end of the year, that run that he went on there. And I think it was May, April, April or May with Sabonis. It was just an incredible run that he went on. And obviously a, a really big scare that he went through finding out that he had you know, that cancer when he was traded here in the James Harden Oladipo trade. So obviously, yeah, you go back and look at it and you just think this trade happened where the Levert was on the Pacers at the wrong time. I just, you know, the Pacers might have liked Levert for a while, but but this roster just did not make a whole lot of sense. So um, like I said at the beginning, wishing him nothing but the best in Cleveland. And uh, only thing I hope that happens is Cleveland loses some more games, still makes the playoffs, and uh, we get a better pick. That's how I feel about this. I hope so, too. Look, yeah, shout out to Karis LeVert. Look, LeVert seems like an awesome human being. I had uh, the privilege of meeting him at a, at a Pacer game. And he oh, yeah, I saw that video. He signed my Pretty hat. Cool. Yeah, and he, he was super nice. And everything that he's been through, he's, he's overcome a ton of adversity. I'll always root for him. Coming into this year, I mean, I was so high on Levert. I really thought if everything went right, maybe he had a, a real shot at being an all-star this year. So I'll always root for him. You know, the, the, the situation with the Pacers, we're going in a different direction. So I'm happy for him. Plus, we sent him home. He's from Ohio. So, yeah. you know, I, he's got to be enjoying that. And, look, I, I hope he gets paid when, when he – hope he signs a new deal over there. I hope everything works out. Just at this point, I think it was a win-win for both teams. The Cavs, yes, they got the best player, but the Pacers got a package of 
kind of what they're looking for in terms of what their goals are, you know, re retooling, getting some assets over there, getting the young guys some playing time. So above all, I would just say, look, it was exciting to make a deal. I hope we're not done. And all, all these guys, look, the, the Pacers, they were, they, they let Levert know they, they were upfront with them. I, I think that Levert probably appreciated that and uh, it, it goes a long way. So I'm rooting yeah. for him moving forward. Absolutely. So the Pacers currently sit at fifth, uh, in the lottery, uh, they have 42% chance at a top four pick and a 10.5% chance at the number one overall pick. Woo! So for the fun of it, we're going to end today's show with a sim of the lottery here on takeathon.com. And on the first roll, the Pacers moved up one spot to the fourth oh, overall pick. I'll but take that. coming out of nowhere, Washington moved up 10 spots, Fachi. No way. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> talk about going out with a bang there the wizards coming back to bite us on the bud and laugh in our face so um with that being said tell the people where they can find us out on social media all right so you can find us on twitter at setting the pace three you can find alex on twitter at alex golden nba i can be found on twitter at underscore f-a-c-c-i you can find us on instagram at pacers talk you could find us on facebook setting the pace you can find us on tiktok at setting the pace and I just did take a thon spin again because I didn't like where we landed and I got the first overall pick in the second Woo! one. So let's hope those odds are in our favor. But Fachi, if you're hoping the Pacers do not stop with just this one trade for this week and they continue to just shake up this roster a little bit, you got to give it to me, Fachi. Give me those three words. Let's go Pacers! <laughs>